Section sixty of American Scenery, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vern Seward. American Scenery, Volume One, by Nathaniel Parker Willis. Boston Springs these celebrated springs rise in a valley formed by a branch of the caodoroceros creek in this valley and on its acclivities is built the village called Boston spa the medicinal character of the waters was discovered as was said of saratoga by the beaten track of the deer to the springs at certain seasons Boston is now a populous village during the summer and since the railroad has connected it with saratoga these two resorts have become like one and together assemble during certain months the greater proportion of the moving population of the country a description of the kind of life led at these springs accompanies another drawing in this series at the time of the breaking out of the revolutionary war this part of the country was very thinly settled the inhabitants for the most part took the continental side but at the battle of hoosac a few miles from Boston a man was taken prisoner by the americans whose history exhibits some fine traits of character he was a plain farmer from his neighborhood named richard jackson and had conscientiously taken the british side in the contest feeling himself bound of course to employ himself in the service of his sovereign he no sooner heard that colonel baum was advancing than he saddled his horse and rode to hoosac intending to attach himself to this corps here he was taken and in such circumstances as proved his intention beyond every reasonable doubt he was besides too honest to deny it accordingly he was transmitted to great barrington then the shire town of berkshire and placed in the hands of general fellows high sheriff of the county who immediately confined him to the county jail this building was at the time so infirm that without a guard no prisoner could be kept in it who wished to make his escape to escape however was in no degree consonant with richard's ideal of right and he thought no more seriously of making an attempt of this nature than he would have done had he been in his own house after he had lain quietly in jail for a few days he told the sheriff he was losing his time and earning nothing and wished that he would permit him to go out and work in the daytime promising to return regularly at evening to his quarters in the prison the sheriff had become acquainted with his character and readily acceded to his proposal accordingly richard went out regularly during the remaining part of the autumn and the following winter and spring until the beginning of may and every night returned at the proper hour to the jail in this manner he performed a day's work every day with scarcely any exception beside the sabbath through the whole period in the month of may he was to be tried for high treason the sheriff accordingly made preparations to conduct him to springfield where his trial was to be held but he told the sheriff that it was not worth his while to take this trouble for he could just as well go alone and it would save both the expense and inconvenience of the sheriff's journey the sheriff after a little reflection assented to his proposal and richard commenced his journey the only one it is believed which was ever undertaken in the same manner for the same object in the woods of tryingham he was overtaken by the honorable t edwards from whom i had this story whither are you going said mr edwards to springfield sir answered richard 
to be tried for my life accordingly he proceeded directly to springfield surrendered himself to the sheriff of hampshire and was tried found guilty and condemned to die the council of massachusetts was at this time the supreme executive of the state application was made to this board for a pardon the facts were stated the evidence by which they were supported and the sentence grounded on them the question was then put to the president shall a pardon be granted to richard jackson the gentleman who spoke first observed that the case was perfectly clear the act alleged against jackson was unquestionably high treason and the proof was complete if a pardon should be granted in this case he saw no reason why it should not be granted in every other in the same manner answered those who followed him when it came to the turn of mr edwards he told this story with those little circumstances of peculiarity which though they are easily lost from the memory and have escaped mine give light and shade a living reality and a picturesque impressiveness to every tale which is fitted to enforce conviction or to touch the heart at the same time he recited it without enhancement without expatiating without any attempt to be pathetic as is always the case this simplicity gave the narration its full force the council began to hesitate one of the members at length observed certainly such a man as this ought not be sent to the gallows to his opinion the members unanimously assented a pardon was immediately made out and transmitted to springfield and richard returned to his family never was a stronger proof exhibited that honesty is wisdom End of section sixty